0: Thanks for joining us at White Oak for this week's podcast. As we look at how God's servants applied that confidence in their walk with Him, our prayer is that this will encourage and strengthen your walk. So here we go. Amen. Give the King of glory a hand of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you may be seated this morning, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, well there is no doubt, he walked out, we're going to walk out one day, hallelujah, we're going to fly, hallelujah, praise the Lord, Miss Katie was talking about renewing our minds this morning, Miss Katie is a fresh fragrance of a flower that's blossoming for the Lord, amen, praise the name of the Lord very powerful words she spoke to us this morning. Who's in charge of your life today? Hallelujah. Who's in charge, taking control? The mighty Travis, he was speaking this morning about uh, migration of, of birds and, and their GPS. Uh, Catherine and I were going upstairs to uh, study and in reading He reads a part, I read a part, we switch back and forth. He'll look at me and say, you read this part, I read that one. Now next time, let me read this one and you read that one. And it just so happened to be on ducks. We were reading, he was talking about ducks this morning and uh, found out that ducks, not all ducks, when they migrate, not all ducks uh, go back to the same place, but many do go back to the same place every year as they go on their journey. Kind of like us Christians sometimes thinking I heard, uh, on Huckabee last night, I heard him, uh, tell a story, and I want to broaden that story if I may. He was telling a story about, uh, an individual that had gotten pulled over by a state trooper, and, uh, for speeding, and as the trooper walked and said, uh, do you realize that you were speeding? Do you not know what the speed limit is? And, uh, She said, oh, yes, I I saw the speed limit sign. Yes. Uh, He said, well, I'm sorry. I I see that you you have a restriction on your license for uh, glasses and you're not wearing them. He said, oh, officer, I have contacts. Well, ma'am, in this state, your contacts are not going to do you any good. One word, two different meanings. Let me go a little further with that, if I may, and add something to it. Those of you that are familiar about going to West Virginia, if you go and exit on uh, 77 off of 52 at exit 8, if you get on at exit 8, which is Fancy Gap, Virginia, you'll notice that as soon as you get on the highway, you see nothing but state troopers. Always plenty of state troopers. We've never been, not counting, at least four to six or seven at minimum. Sometimes they park side by side, Sometimes they're, they're, they're veered out, you know. And, you know, when just when you think things can't get uh, any worse, they always can. They really can. Like this individual that did get on exit 8 there and head towards West Virginia on 77 Interstate was pulled over one time by a trooper. The reason for that was speeding. And then... The trooper looked at the license to find out that the license uh, had expired. The trooper goes back and said, let me check. He said, do you know, ma'am, that your license has expired? Uh, no, I, I hadn't. I guess I messed up. He said, well, let me check and I'll be right back. Only to find out when the trooper came back that not only had they expired, they'd been revoked for over a year, driving without any license? Well, I, I guess I'm in a mess now, aren't I? Oh no, no, ma'am, not now. Because with driving with a revoked license in in uh, West Virginia, you get a you get free fare. If you don't mind getting out of your car, come getting in mine. I will escort you to jail. It won't cost you anything here, but it will cost you a lot there. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. That's very good, Katie. Renew your mind. We need a mind renewal. How many of you listened to Johnson his message he delivered uh, at the prayer? Very powerful, very powerful message. Very powerful prayers. I like to hear him speak because he is a prophetic man of God, Old and New Testament. He is uh, not just a great author, not just a great man of God. He is uh, the man of the hour, as he sewed everything up for us that we in the church need to realize. It's time to open our eyes and see the truth. And that's what this message is about today, is transferred by truth. So then as we begin to look at this, we're transferring our presence before God who is transforming us into the truth that he would have us to be. So I'm challenging all of us to this this message today. Go with me in the word of God to Matthew 4 and 4 this morning. And in Matthew 4 and 4, the Bible teaches us these words. And he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I didn't have to make you hungry this morning. Katie already has when she says you need to read the Bible like your meals three times a day or reminded of it, feed upon the Word of God that you, you know, that's where you get. So you're reminded three times a day that you need to eat. We need to remind ourselves what Jesus is saying. There are some things that are more important than bread, more important than physical bread. Like I was talking to you in the story telling you when you think things can't get any worse, they can We look in America and feel like things can't get any worse, and I don't know where people's been. They may have been in their closet somewhere or another. But the Bible says it will wax worse and worse and worse, and then the end's going to come. should be an awakening to us that the end is very near and that we should open up our eyes. We need more than bread of life. We need more than just a walk of life, more than just coming to church. We need more than just having a job every day. Because, you see, every day, every moment of every hour of the day, we are to feed on the Word of God. That's our diet. That's our bread. You know, God gave the children of Israel bread, manna, in the wilderness. And when Jesus met the lady, she told him, about that bread. I I remember that bread. I I remember how our forefathers were fed by God, but he said, no, no, you missed the whole story. I am the bread of life. The Word of God is the bread that we cannot exist without every day of our life. we got to have it. We have got to have it. You know, this morning, just because you farm, that doesn't make you a farmer. Just because you do electrical work doesn't make you an electrician. Just because you are a plumber doesn't make you a plumber just because you exercise it every day. And just because you build doesn't mean that you're a carpenter every day. And just because you come to church doesn't mean that you're a Christian every day. Katie said this morning that what we have should extend from these walls from Sunday every day during the week, Monday through Friday, Saturday as well as Sunday. So we need to be transformed by the truth. Wednesday night, I'm going to finish my finale. Somebody asked me, how do you believe? Do you believe in eternal security? I said, sure I do, but a lot different than the way some other people do. I've been building in, my, in the messages that God's been giving me to share with you over these last months about eternal security, about eternal life with God. Having it or losing it. Well, Friday, you, you'll be able this coming... Wednesday, to find out my stand on it. Somebody asked me, are you eternally secured? I am. I am. I am also sealed by the Holy Ghost. I have been secured by the blood of Jesus and sealed by the Holy Ghost. But my view is, I can walk away from that anytime I want to. God offers salvation. You don't have to have it. If you're here this morning lost salvation is offered to you, you don't have to have it. It's not going to force it on you. But I also say to you this morning, Paul said that this road that we're on, this race that you and I are in every day, not everybody's going to finish this race. Not everybody's going to finish it. you got to finish it in order to win. So I'm saying to you, you need to be transformed by the truth. And here in Matthew, the truth is not, Lord, you provided for me, This week, you gave me a good paycheck. You put food on my table every day. You provided so graciously for me, Lord. But God is more than just a provider. He's more than the word that we should read every day and put in our hearts and lives. He's more than that. He is everything. And we need to realize that God is everything to us. I can't breathe without him. I can't live without him. I can't exist. Without God, because without Him there is no existence. God created all things. So we need to be transformed by the truth. Not transformed by what man says or man's interpretation, but we need to be transformed by the truth. For ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's the only thing that are free, you and I, is the truth. But sometimes we in the church, we warp the truth or bend the truth or stretch the truth or compact the truth And then it's not able to be transformed in our lives. We're not being able to be transformed like Paul teaches us that we should be able to be transformed. The truth transforms us. Spiritual growth is a process of replacing the lies that we have heard and had in our life for the truth of the Word of God. It's a process. You didn't get saved instantly. Meaning, everybody didn't get saved at the age of 5 or 10 or 15. Everybody has made mistakes. We've said and done things we should not have. Some more so than others. But he's still the God of sufficiency. He's still the God that provides whatever needed in our life for whatever need that you and I, we may have. I look here in, in John uh, 17. And in John 17, Jesus is teaching us something that's very important. He's teaching us that transformation or being transformed in our life is something that is very necessary. Verse 17, he says, and now I am no more in this world. Verse 11, then I'm going to get to 7. Listen, he's not here now. For weeks I've been preaching on the Holy Spirit that He left here with us now. He is now with us. I'm not with you now. The disciples, He walked over three years with Him. And yet they went to pieces the moment that He left. He had repeatedly told Him exactly how everything was going to be done, exactly what was going to happen. And they went to pieces. They fell apart. And we in the church are no different. We read the Word of God every day, but we're not permitting it to transform our lives into what the Word enrichment is sharing and telling us. And that's why we go to pieces when we see these things happening around us today like they are. And he says, be of good cheer. Cheer up. I'm coming back. Be of good cheer. Don't worry. I got everything in hand. I got my hands on it. It don't look like it. I don't care what it looks like. I got the last word. Don't bother yourselves about worry and fret. Trust me. I am the truth. Can't you believe me? If you believe me for salvation, can't you believe me for taking care of you now? If I've saved you, I didn't save you that you might be destroyed. He said, I come that you could have life, and with that life, you could have a more abundant life. Verse 17, this is what he says Sanctify them through the truth. Your word's the truth. Your word's the truth. Sanctification. We're saved, we're sanctified, and we're filled with the glorious Spirit of God. And he said, I want you to sanctify them through your truth. Your truth is what's going to make them whole. Your truth is what's going to make them what they ought to be. What I ought to be, what you ought to be. The truth of the word of God performed in our life is going to make us who we ought to be. I read an author not long ago who said, well, we won't won't get there until we get there. That's right. Our problem is not getting there when we get there is are we going to get there? I'm afraid everybody's not going to get there. There will be some rejections. But I can say to you this morning if you've been transformed by the truth of the word of God, if you would even make your bed in hell, God knows where hell is. He's already been there. He went there and took the keys away from our enemy. He's already destroyed death, hell, and the grave. We may look around sometimes and it may not look like it, but my friend, I want you to know, he said, because I live, ye shall live also. Be ye transformed by the truth of the word of God. Know that truth, it'll make you free. It'll clear you of all worry and doubt and fear and dismay of this life. It'll make you who you are to be with the Lord. Not a churchgoer, but a God goer. The Bible is telling the truth transforms us. It replaces in our life what the enemy stole from us. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us, to make us, listen to me, like the Son of God. The Spirit of the Lord uses the Word of the Lord to make us like Jesus Christ. That's the truth. I wouldn't know Jesus if it wasn't for the Word of God. And I wasn't made perfect the moment I met Him. It's a process. But then we know. 2 Timothy 3 and 17 says, That the man of God may be perfectly, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That we may be perfectly, thoroughly furnished for what God has destined you for. Perfect, not slothful. Not slackful, but perfect. Do it perfect for the Lord. Put in an extra plus for the Lord. Put in a little bit more time for the Lord. You say, yeah, but God's not paying overtime, He is paying overtime. Eternity is our overtime. It keeps on and on. The dividends that's been, it's not here. It's there. Look up. He didn't say look down. He said look up. That's where our Redeemer is. Look up. That's where he's coming from. Look up and measure yourself by transformed truth. You have been renewed. Your mind has been renewed. And one day your body is going to be renewed. Sometimes our mind goes with our body and it deteriorates. God wants it renewed. You can renew your mind. You can renew your relationship with God if you have fallen. You cannot be so bad that God does not want you. And you cannot be so good to think that you got it all in a basket and everything's okay. You. Know the truth. Coming to church don't save you. Reading the Word of God don't save you. Communion don't save you. Tithing don't save you. There's nothing that saves you but Jesus. And in order to know him, the word of God said, Search, and ye shall find me. I didn't know him. I had to search for him. Well, I thought Jesus came to you. He does. We're just so blinded by the world, we can't see him. And we get in church sometimes, and we still can't see him. We need to see God in everything that is said and done. We need to acknowledge who he is. That spirit of the Lord wants to make you a perfect man or woman. It, that Spirit of the Lord wants to totally furnish you with everything that you need. He wants to give you some good work to do. He, we need to trade in our bad work for good work. Our bad ideas for good ideas. When God speaks, things change, friend. If you don't believe me, read in Genesis. This earth was without form. It was darkened and it was void. Probably because of the last battle that had been fought him betwixt him and the enemy. But then in reality of all of that, God spoke. And look, things begin to be in existence. All he's got to do is speak. Well, John was talking this morning about the disciples out on the ship and, they, and Jesus was sleeping and they were afraid. And did what? Did Jesus say, peace, be still to the storm. All he's got to do is speak. Let him speak in your heart. Let him speak in your life this morning. Listen to what thus saith the Lord. What I've got to say is not important, but what God's got to say to all of us here today is very important. He says, lean not upon your own understanding. Trust and obey. The songwriter said as he sung it, trust and obey for there's no other way. Trust and obey. How can I trust and obey unless I know the truth? I'll be trusting in the wrong thing right on the reality of my life. God speaks things into existence. The Bible teaches us in James 1 and 18 of his own will he begot, he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of a first fruit of, of his creation. His creation. We were created differently than all of the creation of God. And if no other reason, this is how it was. Trees have life. They live till you cut them down. There is hope that once that tree has been cut down, that it'll bud and it'll sprout again. Living on a farm as, as a farm boy all my life, there was one job that we always did every year, and I hated it and I despise it, along with about another ten. Cutting ditch banks. Hated it. We cut them with a bush at. I used to go by and just ponder and look at farmers that had sideboys and so forth. Oh, it was just amazing to see how, you know, and here we would spend all of this time, and then we would burn the brush that we had left over with, you know. I I would tell my father, you know, I said, man, wouldn't it be nice to have one of those? He said, then, my son, you'd have to get in the ditch and clean out the mess it had. I'm not lying to you. When my father was farming the ditches on our farm, you could see the, you could actually see the dirt. He'd clean them out every year. They'd be cleaned out. Every year. Clean. Spick and span. No sticks, no stubbles, not piled up. Whatever was it, it was it was gone. We may need to get some sticks and stubbles out of our lives. Things that are clogging up our mind and our relationship with God. Things that are keeping us from being to the Lord what we should be. Because we were created by Him. We were so specially created by Him that you and I, He breathed the breath of life in us. We cut the tree down. It's gone. You and I have been cut down by sin, and according to our enemy, we're gone. It's over with, but not according to God. We will bud back. One day, it may be a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now, One day we will bud back into eternal life. One day we're going to be resurrected to everlasting life. One day at the sound of that last trumpet and the shout of our Lord, we're going to be with Him in the air. Why? Because we have been transformed by the truth. We know what the truth is. Paul says, shall tribulation separate us? Perilous times separate us? God forbid, but how many let Let perilous times and tribulation separate them from the love of God which only comes to us through Christ Jesus, His precious Son. How many of us let things in this life separate us from God Almighty because we don't know the truth. We're just relying on what somebody else said. We need to know the truth. You know, I've had ministers that I've talked to, minds that have been changed, When they would sit underneath one teacher to another teacher in a change of mind. There's nothing wrong with changing our mind if it's for the truth. But some of the things, the remarks that I heard them make seem a little contrary to me. So that's why I'm saying Jesus said, let every man and every woman work out their own way of salvation with fear and trembling. I can't save you, you can't save me. We each one have to stand before Him, we each one have to answer before Him. So we need to know the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is Jesus only saves. Jesus only keeps. The Holy Ghost only seals us. And God Almighty will judge us. So we need to think that we are the first fruit of all of His creation because in us He breathed the breath of life. He put all the mountains, all the seas, all the rivers... All the plants and vegetations and animals on this planet. But then when it came to you and I, he took the dust of this ground and formed us and we were just like this earth. And that's what we're going back to because this body is going nowhere. And then he breathed the breath of life in us. That made us different. The truth is what makes us different than our best friend, dog or cat or whatever is we have the breath of life of God breathed into us. God created all things, but yet He created you and I special because He made us have dominion over all of these things. Be transformed by the truth. Know what God says to you. God's Word generates life. God's Word creates faith. God's Word produces a change. Did you know that God's Word frightens the devil? He trembles when he hears the Word of God. God's Word causes miracles. God's Word brings healing. God's Word builds character in people's lives who had no character, and it builds character. God's Word transforms circumstances and situations. God's Word defeats whatever stands before you. God's Word does away with a temptation that could steal you away With the truth of God's Word keeps you close to Him. God's Word infuses hope into you. It burns into your heart and your life that you know that you know that you won't ask somebody and they say, well, I hope I, but they will say to you, I know that I know that I know that I know because my hope lies in Jesus Christ. It infuses hope in us. God's Word releases power in us. Katie's saying things she thought she would not be able to say. God's Word challenges us. God's Word cleanses our minds as it's being renewed daily through the Word of God. God's Word imparts justice and joy in our life. We are made happy through by the power of the Holy Ghost. Joy is being brought, and our heart is filled with the joy of the Lord. It's unspeakable. Just look at it and see as it bubbles over in our life because we have a transformed truth. I can be happy in sadness. Sorrow is a time of sadness, but you can be happy. You can have joy in sorrow because you know this is not the end, this is the beginning. God's Word brings all things into beginning. It guarantees for you and I forever and forever and forever. He can promise unto me now the promises of the Word of God because they are true. They are amen and yes before Him and before you and I today and before our enemy that stands against us. What God spoke 2,000 years ago is as powerful today as it was then the resurrection power of Jesus that reaches out and restores life to individuals that have been drowned by sin, he can rescue them and bring them back aboard again. If you've been sinking in life like Peter because you thought you had a chance, you heard the master call and you started out on that faithful walk but something happened and you lost control, all you gotta do is say what you did then. Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus, just come save me. That's all you got to do. Be transformed by the truth. Know that if you have fallen, He and He alone can pick you up again. Know that if you've been deserted by your family and by your friends and nobody in this world cares for you, know that there's one out of this world that sent someone in this world to live within you that will bring you joy and peace and happiness through His precious Holy Ghost. Know that unto Him. Thank you, Jesus. There are more Bibles in our world today than has ever been before. And they're being read less than ever before. They have been placed on shelves. And they have collected dust. Our world today is plagued by spiritual anorexia. Starving for the Word of God. Our world. If it was not, then why are we in the shape we're in today? Why are so many people turning against God? Why are so many people turning against God's people? And I'll start with the Jew, and then I'll go to the Christians. If, if we're not in such a mess, if we're not starving for the truth, why then are we going against the truth? Because we're wanting an easy way or because we think there's no other way, because we want an easy way out, whatever it may be, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the light, and no man can come to my Father except but by me. He is the only way, my friend, and in order for us to reach that golden life, we have to be transformed by that truth. My sinful ways had to be brought before Him. My sinful life and body has to be brought before Him. I must now kneel before Him and confess my sins and give my heart unto Him that I can have a truth revealed to me and know that I'm saved. Know that no matter what nobody else says, no matter what the enemy says, a friend says, whoever it may be, Satan himself may say, know that whom he has made free, they're free, and he has made me free. I'm no longer captivated by those things in my life. Let me preach just a minute. Three points. Listen. Number one, you must accept the Bible's authority. Whew. You don't think we're not having a problem with that today? Uh, just in the Ten Commandments alone, that's inscribed in the Word of God. Look at the problems we're having with those. How about the outstanding commandments of God? I can look today, and I don't have to look so far. The first two I can begin to see that Jesus spoke about, that all hinges upon is that I am to love the Lord thy God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and I'm also supposed to love my brothers. I love myself. Everything hinges on those two commandments, my friend. Look at our world today. Look at our world today. If I love my brother, will I talk about him? If I love my brother, will I murder him? If I love my brother, will I try to destroy him? No. Because I'm supposed to love him. And I I don't hate Bobby. I don't hate him at all. I try to feed him when he needs feeding, clothing when he needs clothing. You know, there was a time my wife almost starved me to death, but Jesus looked out for me. I better go on. You've got to accept the authority of the Word of God, and that's one of our number one problems, especially in America today. Katie mentioned it submitting ourselves unto authority. You want what God? And you want it when and how God? My friend, in order to have been transformed by the truth of the Word of God, you've got to know the Word of God. So then you've got to know the Bible's authority you got to stand. It stands for your life. Without it, we have no life. The authority of the Word of God is our compass. Uh, Travis mentioned GPS this morning. It is our GPS in this world that will lead us out of the world. Unlike my GPS when I'm going through the mountains, it'll just blank out God's GPS Comes right straight. Where do we get our GPS? We get it from a satellite and it beams it down here on earth. But there are things on earth that distract and up, abstract it sometime. And we lose a signal. But then the GPS of God, God's protection plan for you and I, God's protection system is built in the authority and the authentic of the Word of God. And it appears through anything. It'll go through a cold heart. It'll go through a rocky heart. It'll go through the thing. Our GPS may not pick up from that satellite, but it'll pick up from God's satellite because God says He sees all things. There's nothing that God does not see. If He sees an obstruction in your life, He'll push it out of the way that he may be able to come. So you must accept the authority of the Bible. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. You have to do what Jesus said because it is your compass of direction in this world. It will lead us to everlasting life. It causes you to listen. It makes you wiser in the decisions that you make every day. Have you ever done something wrong and said to yourself, I'm not going to do that again, only to find yourself doing the same thing all over again. we Americans, we don't learn too quick sometimes from our mistakes. It is a a benchmark for you and I. The authority, the authenticness of the Word of God, the authority that it comes to your life and mine, it's a benchmark that evaluates everything in our life. It is an anchor that we go to that the resources, everything is tied to that anchor. We are anchored down to Jesus no matter what. Once we have received Him, we are anchored in Jehovah. We are anchored with God Almighty. We are there with Him in the storms of life, in the sailing of this life, sometimes before destruction. Why was the lighthouses planted so ships that was carrying cargo would not be torn by the reefs that extended from the shorelines? Jesus is our lighthouse that stands tall on on a hill. And church, you and I are a lighthouse in this world today and we stand tall on a hill that we can shed a beam of Jesus to people's lives because we are their direction in the world today. But if we don't know where we're going, how can we show someone else where to go? Our benchmark used for evaluating everything in our life is the authority of the Word of God. Not only will it tell you that you're saved, It'll tell you how to get saved. And it'll also tell you if you're not saved. It must have the first and the last word always spoken in our life. When I close my eyes in death, my last words that I would want to see and say would be, I want to see my Savior today. Prior to salvation, that was the last thing that was in my mind. It was the father's thing that I would want to see or do. For there was only their judgment that judgment's not only for me, but it's also for you. So then, therefore, we must see we need the authority of the Word of God. It is the power that we need in our life to put us where we need to be with God, that we could humble ourselves by an awesome God. we base our choice on things that are happening around us today, and we should not do that because they are unreasonable authorities. If I'm going to bash something that's good, it's not going to be in a CD or 401 saving system. I want to be something that's going to be sure, that's not fluctuated by a market here on earth that is not sure about anything. So then I can truthfully say to you that when we look at the culture, when it comes to our life, It's not so good because you know what? Our answer is to God when we look at his authority, and we've heard it before, everyone's doing it. That's our culture today. But I want you to know everybody isn't doing it. Everybody isn't sinning. So we don't go by our culture. We go by the authority of the word of God. So it's not only not a culture thing, it's not a traditional thing. We've always done it. Folks, if you have not realized, this pandemic has brought us in a new realization of life. We're operating totally different than what we used to in our traditional ways. Let me just insert this little insert. For so long, we were held down in tradition, and tradition will bind you. It was the tradition of the Pharisees, the tradition of the Sadducees. It was the tradition of their ways that kept them bound. And Jesus said by the time they finished teaching someone, they had made that individual a fourfold more child of hell. We don't need to do it just because we've always done it if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't make reasoning, if it doesn't line up with the authority of the Word of God. The third thing is, is reason. It seems logic. My friend, just because it seems good doesn't mean it is good for you. I love Rocky Road. Not the one on the highway, the ice cream. I really love orange sherbet. Push-ups. I love those push-ups. Hallelujah. Mm. But just because it's good, it doesn't mean it's good for you. You know what's good on a potato to me? About a baked potato, four big scoops of butter... Couple scoops of sour cream, bacon bits mounted up on it, and then shred me some onions on it. That's really good. You know how good that is? You don't even want to know how much sodium and cholesterol is in there. Enough to take you out on your first mission. So let me say to you you know, reason it seems logic, it's not logic. Not logic. Because it looks good doesn't mean the Bible teaches you and I. He said, there's a way that seemeth good unto men, but the end thereof is death. Sin is only good for a season, and then it bringeth forth death. It's good for a season, but we don't know the relapse. So we it's not a culture thing, it's not a traditional thing, it's not a reason, it's not even an emotional thing. Katie's emotion was real this morning. It's because what she has is more than an emotion. You see, emotion is, yeah, if, it just, if it feels right, just do it. You know, don't, don't you worry about what you're doing. No, it feels pretty good to me. It feels pretty good. Let me tell you, you can take a frog, and you can throw him in a pot, and you can begin to turn the water up just a little bit, and he'll sit there and he'll just swim around because it feels so good. You keep turning the heat up, keep turning the heat up, and the next thing you know, you've cooked a frog. And that's what's happened in our society today. We started out, it seemed pretty good, you know? I mean, emotionally, but look how emotionally disturbed we are now. People afraid to go to their business. People afraid to leave their home. People afraid of people. And the Bible tells us we need to be afraid of God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. That's what we need to know about what the Bible said. Jesus said, don't don't fear a man that can kill you, but rather fear him that can destroy both body and soul in hell. You need to have today a transformation of the truth. You need to know that truth. Don't listen to the preacher. Listen to God. Don't listen to what everybody's saying. Have your own personal relationship. Have a direct line to God. His line is never foggy. His line, I got out this morning. It was so foggy. I could run about 15 miles an hour. I left my house this morning. It was so foggy, about 6 o'clock. So, turn the fog lights on. They give me about an extra two foot. Know the truth. Everything else is going to be foggy. Know the truth. It's not in the way of of this direction because it will send you in the wrong direction. The most important decision that you can make today is what will be the ultimate authority of your life when you leave this building. That's the greatest decision you'll make. It's not where you're going for lunch, what you're going to have for lunch. Don't have anything to do with it. It's not what you're going to do Monday, which job is most important. But the most important thing that you're going to have to deal with on your agenda right now should be all right. Okay. What's going to happen to me when I leave here today? What's the authority for my life right now? Is God in charge of your life? Is he in control of your life? I like what said in Acts 24, 14, it It said, I believe everything that agrees with the law that is written in the prophets. That's what Paul said. I agree everything that's written in the authority of the word of God that is through the prophetic message of God. I believe it. That's the truth. That is a transformation. That is the truth of God really setting home. I believe it. That's the authority. That shows me the authority of the Word of God right there. I believe it. And the only way I can believe it is to show you that I I believe it. So I believe everything. I'll agree with everything that's in this book right here. Every every, every page, every, every promise, every judgment every bit of peace and every bit of joy and every bit of sorrow, every bit of discouragement and excitement that I find in this book, every bit of it is true. What my ancestors went through is true. You know, our forefathers, it's true. Second thing real quick, you must assimilate the truth. Not only do you need to know the truth, know the authority of the truth and subject yourself to the truth, but there's another thing that you need to do. It's not good enough just to believe the Bible. There's a lot of people who believe. Again, I'll say to you, the devil believes and he trembles. It's not just good enough to believe the Bible, but you have to also let it be transformed into a truth to you. Listen to me carefully. To know that if I do that, the Bible says it's a sin, and if I do it, it says after sin is finished, it brings forth death. You've got to know that's the truth. But not only know that's the truth, not only believe that that's the truth, that Jesus said that if I will wander and not stray away and not come back home, I will die in my sins and there remaineth no more sacrifice for me. I'm outcast. You need to know that's the truth. But then you need to realize that he's a father that is there every day looking for you to turn around and come back home. You need to realize every day that he's a great shepherd that's got 99 in the corral and he'll leave them for you that have gone astray. You need to realize, in other words, the truth is the truth, but you got to make it the truth in your life. You need to articulate it just a little bit in your life and see what it's going to do for you. Need to let it come around in yourself. How do I do that? I'm glad you asked. First thing you do is receive God's word. It's like the parable of the sower. Remember, Jesus told them a parable of the sower went out to sow seed. And as he began to sow his seed, he began to watch. It's happening today, my friend, just like it did. When Jesus 2,000 years ago told that parable, the Word didn't take root in life and bear fruit. And it withered up and died. You can know the truth but not accept it. You can know the way and not enter therein. Because you see, he said the way of destruction is broad. So then therefore, the first you can see here that if we don't take hold of the truth of the Word of God, then we'll never be able to bear fruit. And we heard the old saying that's misquoted so many times, you can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. How true that is, but there's a few exceptions to that, and we don't have time to get in them this morning. And then you see also that hard soil. Closed mind. Some of the seed was sown, and maybe like Felix and Agrippa said, well, you know, you almost got me today, God, but uh, come back next week or... A more convenient time. You don't understand my workload, God. I can understand he can lighten that load real quick. So I'm telling you, some of the seed that are sowed, they're sowed on closed mines. They, they already shut up and they don't want... It's hard soil. And the roots of the word of God can never get in hard soil until that soil is broken up. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can break up that soil of life and if we don't permit him to break it up, we'll never get where we need to be. And then you got the superficial mind—that's that, that's that's the shallow soil. The seed came and it was planted and it was covered up just a little bit. Remember, this seed only takes a quarter inch of soil, so that's it's going to come on okay. But then we realized with that superficial mind, that little bit of soil wasn't enough because it didn't have enough nourishment in it, or. It, there wasn't never any rain coming over into the area where that soil was. So then therefore, we didn't do anything with the truth. We knew it, but we didn't do anything with it. And by not doing anything with it, then what we begin to see in that shallow soil, in that hard soil, in that soil that could not permit a good root system, the real Word was not able to penetrate. We need to read the Word of God. We need to research it. Some of my most, some of my, let me tell you what I like. I like to study and I like to write it down. I like to write it down. I like to study it and write it down. Then I can put it away. Then I can always go back. I like, because when I write something, it's like I'm learning it three times. If I read something, it's hard for me to retain it. I rebuke you, enemy, but it is. But if I write it down, Not only does it help me remember it, but it also gives me a resource that I can go. So we need to read the Word of God, but not only read the Word of God, we need to research it. And it's hard for me to research what I'm reading if I don't write it down. And it's hard for me if I spend three hours a week on the TV and 15 minutes a week with Jesus to be able to understand everything that Jesus wanted wanted me to do. So, See, the Bible can't grow that way. The Bible can't grow if I'm spending more time with things of the world than I am with God, it can't grow in me. It can't grow in me. I took my wife back out to dinner last night again and uh, we had a good meal. We try to get at least a good meal a week we look at, poor, look, poor, starving. You know? No, we like to spend a little bit of time out of the hush, rush, bush of life together and Talk about something other than work or things, you know. You know, I was out the other day and I, I drove by the flower shop six times. And all six times, Richard, I drove by the flower shop. He says, pull in there and order your wife some flowers. Did you think I did that? Don't ask her, no. What good is it to know if the Lord's telling you to do something? What? Well, <laughs> See, the first thing came to my mind, they said, they're not going to let you in that store because the COVID, you know, you you can't go in that store. Second thing is, well, you know know how much a nice arrangement is now? See, oh, Lord Jesus. You can look at the Word of God, but until you read the Word of God and then you begin to interpret the Word of God, it's not going to be of any effect. I should have blessed my wife last week. Who should have you blessed last week? Did you bless the Lord last week? Did God give you an opportunity last week to know something, to reach out and touch something, not do it? See, you know, we're just don't read the Word of God, dissect the Word. It's, I love to dissect the Word of God. I like, you know, I got about six Bibles, translations. Uh, I love the Jewish Bible. I love the uh, Holmes Bible. I love the Holmes Bible. I do. But then sometimes when we begin to read, there is a difference in the translation of these Bibles because you must have very, very keen ears and eyes of understanding. I'll give you an example. Word charismatic. That word has blown itself out of of our world. And you you know what? People don't even know what the word means. Our English word charisma comes from that Greek word charismatic. But a lot of people, they think of it as pentecost. It's nothing. It's not it's not. They think of it as praise and worship. You know, whoo, loud band people jumping around, lifting up their hands, praising the Lord. It's not. Here's Matt. It's not. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll let you look it up. What do you to do that for, preacher? Because I'm telling you, it's not enough to read something. You need to dissect it. It's not enough to listen to what somebody says. You need to learn for yourself. You. He didn't say somebody's going to tell you. He said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. David was a man that was after God's own heart. That's the kind of men we need to be, gentlemen. Ladies, that's the kind of a woman that you need to be as as a lady that's after the heart of God to do what God wants you to do. So we'll never be able to do that if we're in shallow soil, hard soil, soil that is not reasonable to bear fruit. So I'm saying, number two, we need to reflect God's words. We need to meditate on it. We need to meditate on it. You must apply the principles. Number three, I'm having a hurry. For me to know something and not to do it, what value is it? I'll give you one of the best examples I've ever heard or seen. I see my brother in need. I'll pray for you, brother. I'll pray for you. I see somebody that needs a hand. I'll pray that God sends somebody to you. I see somebody that needs some food. I'll pray for you. I pray for you. God don't never hear those prayers. Because those prayers are coming from a sinful heart. Jesus tells us to love our brother as we would ourselves. But he goes a step farther and gives you and I an example. He told the disciples a parable, and they said unto him, he said, Master, when did we see you hungry and bring you food? When do we see you thirsty and give you a drink? When do we see you naked and clothed When do we see you in prison and visited? When you've done it to the least of these little ones, you've done it unto me. That's a transformation truth. When we treat other people like we would like to be treated ourselves, that is a transformational proof. That is a principle that we have learned that we're going to apply. It's not good enough to know the Word, not even good enough to study the Word, if we don't apply the Word because James says, faith without works is dead I said that Wednesday night. I heard it here this morning faith without works is dead church without god is dead you in church without god is dead church is not what saves us preaching is not what saves us it's the word it's the word he says it's through the foolishness of preaching it's the word that saves us you must apply these principles jesus Teaches us in Matthew seven and twenty-four, God's word exposes our motives. He tells us everything. Let's let's go there. First of the gospel, Matthew seven. Uh-oh. 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 There you go. Uh, that's a monotony breaker. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, got to do it, I will liken him into a wise man which built his house upon a rock. God's word exposes to you and I the motive. This is why God wants it done. God didn't want you to come. You know, let me tell you, say I'll give give me four minutes okay it's nice that we're on the air and it's nice that people can pick us up they can't be in church but listen there is nothing ever that will replace church won't do it it just won't do it you, you can podcast and when you podcast you got an assembly that's great that's wonderful because you got an assembly Hebrews 10:25. Fail not to assemble yourselves together, and even much more so when you see that day approaching. There is nothing ever replaced the time of fellowship, the t- few moments that you spend with each other, and God. Priceless. You can't get that on the airwaves. It's good to get a message. It's good to see praise and worship. It's good to get. It's good. But it'll never replace what God intended for us to have. If it had, He would have never. In the book of Acts, never birthed the church. If it had, he would have never in the book of Matthew commissioned the disciples if it could be replaced. God expresses our motives. It tells us all of our faults. It rebukes our sin. And it expects us to change. Its human nature is to resist change, though. We don't like change. If we don't like change, we just pack our bags and do something else, you know. I mean, I won't come. Human nature resists change. We don't like it because we got conformed or used to the old ways, you know. The Bible studies, they're great. You learn a truth in a Bible study. You can learn in Bible study. They're, they're, they're wonderful. You need to know, you know. Others help you apply God's Word. I'm talking about applying our principles. I'm talking about they must be applied. You shared a gospel with someone. A little lady going to be baptized today because uh, Katie witnessed to her. You've got to apply what you have. If you don't have anything, you can't Let me close with this. There is a specific way, and the Bible shows it to you and I. What God has told you to do in His Word, have you done it yet? What God has told you to do in his word, have you done it yet? Dwight L. Moody, I will close with his quotation and listen to this carefully. The Bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge, but it was given to change our lives. My friend, if you'll stand with me, I ask you, have you done what God has spoken to you about today? The word that we have, that we study, that I love to study, to increase my knowledge, it's wonderful. But that word was given to me so I could be saved. There's no other way I can be saved than with the truth of the word of God. That's the only way, my friend. And today I say unto you, if you've heard the truth, Jesus said it's going to make you free. Only if you apply it. Only if you accept it. So Father God, as we come before you right now, in the name of Jesus our Savior our hearts are up to you and your ways are open to us right now I'm saying that in the name of Jesus thanks for worshiping with us this week we believe his words will establish that confidence within you and direct you for his predestined purpose for your life see you next week And don't forget to download our app so you can stay connected with us.